Hey everyone, I'm Jen Alberg and welcome to the Key Academy podcast. The Key Academy is my coaching business where myself and coaches focus on health, performance, and longevity. I've spent the last 12 years coaching people how to optimize health and performance, and this podcast is an attempt to synthesize what I've learned over the years to help you live a higher quality or more fulfilling life. If you enjoy this content or have questions that you want covered, click the show notes to find out how to learn more from me. Today we are, I didn't get a question about this, um, but I guess I feel led to talk about it because partially because it's the new year and I'm getting a lot of different questions that I um, maybe don't usually get during the year. And I, I think that has to do with just new year, new you sort of a situation. And um, I've already talked a lot about um, uh, hormones, weight loss, managing weight. And so I I thought I'd just talk about the biggest mistakes that I have encountered in my career working with people nutritionally. I, I picked five things because it, it seemed, I don't know, it seemed like a digestible number for you all. And so I'll just jump right into those five things because I, I think I have a lot to say about them. And and I, I also want to say that I, I train a lot of brilliant and successful people. Um, I meet with a lot of really smart people. And this this area is just, it's, it's so hard to understand. And um, so I think if I, 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 why I say that is because I, I want you to know that it's, it's maybe it's not you, it's, it's a difficult subject and it's difficult to understand in the first place. And, and then we put how individual it is to you, you know, weight loss is to you. So, all right, let's go into it. So the first one that I, I think is the biggest mistake that people make, and you probably could guess this to be true if you've heard the rest of my podcast is just cutting calories. And, um, and what I mean by that, as far as cutting calories, is just counting calories and decreasing that number um, without really taking into account what those calories are coming from, because that's really important. And so if if you are still doing that, go go back and l- listen to my calorie restriction podcast and and just revisit it. Um, but but to quickly recap that, the, the calorie is the, the energy potential of what you consume. And that doesn't mean that it just turns into fat if there's some excess uh when when we cut calories or we eat less food in total our our body is designed to stay alive and so the very act of eating less will slow down the chemical and hormonal processes that are that are going on with your metabolism and this is why people who cut calories start to feel lethargic and deprived frustrated irritated lacking uh wanting you know all of all of those words i've I've also heard the words, you know, if I'm if I'm not hungry, then I'm doing it wrong. Meaning, if I don't feel an intense hunger, then I'm not I'm I'm not doing it right. So I need to cut more food out. I think that's a common misconception. There's a lot of people that lose a lot of weight and they don't they don't really feel hungry very often. And being hungry isn't a bad thing at all. But man, cutting calories slows your metabolism and preferentiates burning of of muscle over fat because muscle is metabolically costly so your your body's trying to get rid of the thing that's eating up the most calories when you're in that state like so example if i told you that you needed to cut down on expenses to to save money because you know there let's say that there's less money coming in 
or less calories coming in, but there's less money coming in. Uh, you you would look at the things that are the most costly. You're going to look at how much you're paying for your you know family membership to something um, before you look at the 99 cent app on your phone that you may never use. Your body does the same thing. So it, it basically says, let's get rid of the muscle because it's the most expensive to keep around here. Because if you're not going to be giving me enough, then I've got to get rid of the things that are costly. And the other thing that happens with cutting calories is is nutrient deficiency. And, and nutrient deficiency leads to you being hungrier. And that results in consistent overeating in the end, uh, which is really why you gain the weight back. Your amygdala kicks in. So part, uh, there's a portion of your brain that kicks in and it tells you that that you need to eat. You you probably you probably weren't full of nutrients before you started dieting, so it only gets worse. Uh, so we we were malnourished before we started cutting, and I'm sorry I'm sorry that people do this because here's the the cycle that that creates. You're you're eating sort of crappy. You're you're overweight or over fat maybe. Uh, instead of overweight, and you're malnourished, then you cut calories and try to lose weight. So you decrease your nutrients, which makes you feel even worse than you did before. And that malnourishment signals to your brain to eat anything that you can find. So you do. And then you get down on yourself. And you've got negative self-talk. And it goes just savage on you. And you end up feeling like you're the loser who doesn't have the motivation or quote unquote willpower. And it, it's not willpower. It's survival. Your body's surviving. It's not willpower. I, I sincerely do feel empathetic towards uh, people that are kind of stuck in this cycle. Um, and the last, the last thing they'll say about cutting calories, cutting calories increases your stress hormones. And what that does is increase cortisol and noradrenaline, which triggers your body to store more fat, even if you're consuming less food. So, all right. Second biggest uh, mistake that I see, um, falling for the allure of cardio. Uh, don't, don't get seduced by cardio. I'm not hating on spin classes. I'm not, I'm not hating on, you know, long bouts of, of cardiovascular work. Um, it is appropriate and necessary at times. We're talking about weight loss, though, and I, I hope you don't get sucked in by by that. I actually, true story, yesterday I was training someone who I have been training for 14 years, and these were his words. He said, I really need to cut down probably six or seven pounds. Uh, can we up the cardio? And I, like, face-palmed and felt like I've, I've done this huge disservice uh, to, to him because you, you need to understand that most, most people that you see who are running long distances were not overweight in the first place. A, a very small percentage of the population lose weight by running or long cardiovascular bouts. And, and usually that means running. Usually the, the running comes after the weight loss and is more for mental and cardiovascular health, not for weight loss. You know, you, you don't run to lose weight. 
You can run for health and the many other positives that come from running. But when you're doing these long sessions of cardiovascular training, you're building up stress in the body. And like I just said about the cutting calories, that that triggers your body's hormones to actually store more fat. It can be useful for sure uh, if if you aren't metabolically uh, impaired. But if you are, it's it's one of the worst things that you can do. And we need to address those stress hormones and that stress hormone cascade first. And then whatever exercise that you want to do will probably work for you. Um, that being said, it it has to pair with your goal. So if you want to walk for an hour every day, uh, but your goal is to be a power lifter, it, obviously that's not going to work. Um, but what I'm saying here is that when we're talking about just general health and movement, without an an end exercising goal, then whatever you want to do will probably work for you. So whatever that that is that you enjoy doing, if you enjoy long, you know, speed walks, or you enjoy Pilates, or you enjoy bodybuilding, and uh, whatever you enjoy, if you enjoy skiing, or if you enjoy tennis, or whatever that is, uh, that that movement will, will help sustain you and, and keep you healthy. And I, I say that because you'll you'll stick to the the thing if it's something that you want to do. And really what matters here is consistency. If you don't like it, then you'll become an unhappy, frustrated human. And if you feel obligated to to exercise every day for the rest of your life, doing something that you don't enjoy doing won't get you there. Interval training, I guess, would be the best for this sort of a situation if we're talking about weight loss. Um, and you can do interval training by by doing a lot of a lot of different kinds of activity. So since I'm on the subject of uh, cardiovascular training, I feel like this is kind of a plug for weightlifting or uh, using your muscle training, if you don't want to call it weightlifting. Uh, I can't express enough how important it is for us to, to be increasing our muscle mass. Honestly, I I, th- I think that you should work at it for, you know, as hard as you can, especially as females. Um, lifting, lifting weights can't make you bulky. I can't... <laughs> Um, gosh, if I had a quarter for every time I heard that, I'd be a a billionaire. Like you aren't going to get swole. Uh, every time somebody says that to me, because I'm asking them to lift weights, I, I try and explain to them that the, the women who do get bulky, myself included, are trying to get bulky and spend hours. It's a part-time job for them to get strong and bulky. They are desiring that. And they're lifting and they're training and they're eating to do so in a very specific way to make them that way. And, and so you can't get bulky by accident. So that's, that's my plug to remind you that if you do see a bulky woman or uh, in the real world, try and remember that they're, they're working hard to look that way. Uh, and it's, it's just as hard. It's hard to get bulky as a woman as, as it is to lose weight as a woman. So compliment them. And they're working their butts off for it. So ladies, you can't get bulky by accident and you gaining some muscle will only make you look leaner and smaller and more defined. Notice I didn't say toned. Okay, third mistake. Third is uh, that they get impatient. Transformation takes time. Even if we're looking at a, a you know 20 pound transformation, it it takes time because arguably 20 pounds is harder than 80 pounds. Even when I could get someone to understand 
that it takes time and they can they can admit that they know that it's going to take time and it's a process and and so on and so forth they don't they don't truly understand how much time that actually means until you're in the thick of it they understand that they aren't going to see massive results in those first few weeks or first couple of months but by month 3 when they're only down 8 pounds and their waist circumference circumference is only down you know a couple inches they they flip and they don't think it's quote unquote working. Um, I had a woman one year who was diabetic and she lost 21 pounds in that year, the whole year. Um, the problem is that she needed to lose about a hundred. So 21 felt, felt like a ridiculously low number. And, and, you know, I was like, I was on the phone with her. I was like, dude, you lost 21 pounds. That's amazing. That's like that's unbelievable. You're you're crushing it. When when was the last time you finished a calendar year and lost weight instead of gained it? Um, it it takes that it, that long. It just it does. Uh, why is is because your insides have to change before your outsides can change. Um, I'm not I'm not saying it's gonna take everyone a year to lose twenty pounds. She was a metabolic dumpster fire. Um, but if I told her at the beginning of the year that 20 pounds was going to be what she was going to lose, she probably wouldn't have wanted to start. So anyway, I, I digress. Um, enjoy the journey. And that's, it sounds so light and easy. And especially when the journey is hard, how would I enjoy the journey, uh, because there's, there's never really a destination when it comes to weight loss. You, you don't get there and then go back to what you were eating. Um, so it, it does, the whole thing does become a journey once you, you just kind of cool it and, and let it, let it play its course. And yes, you can enjoy, you can enjoy the weight loss journey. It sounds silly. And I know that I'm probably challenging your belief system there, but that actually brings me to, uh, the next mistake that I think that people make. I don't even know what number I'm on. Cutting calories, cardio. So that, that was the third. So the fourth, um, they don't change their mindset about food and health and their body, um, which is pivotal for success. The The mistake is is not viewing it as a lifestyle change and, and instead as a short-term diet. And usually this, um, when people do move towards their goals is when they realize that it's a lifestyle change um, and not necessarily at the beginning. At the beginning, we think it's it's kind of like if I just commit six months to this, uh, then it's just behind me and I can move on. Um, but it's gonna be it, it's gonna be an ongoing process. So, mm-hmm. eating for your health and eating to feed your body so that you can perform uh, your so that you can perform your life optimally is a sh- huge shift in in perspective. And and that's what I'm gonna leave it as um, instead of going into how to how to do that because how to do that is is completely individualized. Um all right if I haven't lost you yet then the fifth mistake is that they're measuring the wrong things. Uh scale versus measurement. Um I I I would love to throw out all scales. Um simply uh, for a thousand reasons. And I, I know there are so many people out that are there that are like the scales, what was so motivating for me and so on and so forth. And for a very small percentage of the population, it's, it's okay. And they're not attached to it and they're not emotionally attached to it. 
Um, but most of m- most people have an emotion when they see a number on the scale. And so um, I, I, I wish we could get rid of it. We can't. So uh, what, what else can we measure? Um, I prefer if people just take pictures and even more than that, journaling how you feel. And I know that's fairly subjective, but but I mean, like get get honest with yourself about how you feel physically and and check in every month or two months or whatever um, and take pictures monthly. Okay. Cause pictures will show weight loss when a scale might not. I have, I have literally seen a, a two pound shift on the scale and looked at a before and after and, and would have guessed it was 25 pounds. And so, um, if, if that person, if she was only following the scale, she would have gotten so discouraged. She would have never made it, but there's so much of a conversion from fat. She gained muscle. She lost fat. She looked lean. It was great. Um, but man, she had to get rid of her scale. So yeah, I think we measure the wrong things. Uh, I think I think if we only do the scale, it's going to uh, come back and bite you in the butt. And and pictures and how are you feeling energy-wise, sleep, how are you doing, what's your mood like, all, all of those things. How, how are those progressing? Because that's why you're doing it. So those are five. I could keep going. I'm not going to. But in my experience, of, I've experienced all those things and hoping that some of that can shift your your mindset just, just a little bit. As always, thanks for listening. So, you know, if you like it, send send my podcast. I, I've done very little like reading about how to grow grow podcasts. I did reading on like how to start one. But I want to grow this. And other other podcasts say things like, you know, like it, share it, uh, send it to people. So that must help. So if you took anything from it, please share it.